It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 28th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode, I'm just going to go over a couple of my big storylines, my big questions entering training camp, uh, or as training camp continues now, uh, some of the things that I'm keeping an eye on now as we exit training camp a little bit and head toward the preseason portion of the festivities of the schedule. Of course, um, we'll see uh, exactly what's going on with this team and where this team is at Monday when they take on the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll have a complete preview of that game coming up on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic. So before we get into these big questions and start uh, pondering these things a little bit, I want to remind everyone that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, especially the Locked On NBA Podcast Network. There's a Locked On NBA Podcast for you if you're not as interested in the magic as I think you are by listening to this podcast. You can check out all the great podcasts. You can check out Locked On 76ers to get ready for Monday's game. You can check out Locked On Warriors, Locked On Lakers, Locked On Cavs, Locked On Bulls, Locked On Heat, Locked On whoever. Every team is covered on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can also check out Locked On NBA, which does a great job giving you a national perspective on the team. Mondays are uh, are the day for uh, for the local experts to take over, and, and we'll discuss all the big issues going on around the league. So definitely check out and download Locked On NBA for your daily dose of NBA information and knowledge. You can find all these podcasts on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Like I said, now we're three days into training camp. Uh, The media has not seen a lot of this team play, just hearing from the coaches and the players on how things are going. It's generally been a very kind of, the the way it's been described or the way that's been described to the media at least so far is, you know, uh, I think Evan Fournier said this earlier on Thursday. Um, You know, they'll, they'll go over, you know, maybe, you know, 30 minutes of tape, an hour of drills, and then they're mostly scrimmaging. They're getting a lot of scrimmaging in. They're getting a lot of playing in. And it's been a, something that the players have really liked. Um, the, the idea, it seems like, that Steve Clifford has had is let's get the basics in. Let's really hone in and perfect the basics in these drills. Get them down pat. Just like very, very easy things. The foundations for the whole system. Install some offense. And then let's play. Let's put it to work. Let's see Let's see how much we've retained. And, and Steve Clifford's approach seems to be Pay attention. Yeah, he, he reportedly gives out quizzes to his team, and he asks them questions about what they're doing, what they're what they're installing throughout his practices. Um, but pay attention, get it down, get it down right, and then apply it immediately. And so I think that's been really the approach the Magic have taken so far in training camp. And of course, you know, Steve Clifford said Thursday that that it was the best practice that they've had so far. That he like, I mean, the intensity is up thanks to the competition and the playing that they're they're doing and the scrimmaging that they're doing. Um, but on top of that, as well, 
Uh, not only is the competition up, not only is all that going on, but um, but the team also uh, is is getting its work in and 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 playing with the physicality that they need. But again, it's one thing to do it against your teammates. It's nothing to do it against someone else, and that's what we'll find out Monday. But before we get to Monday, before we get to those big questions, there are a few things that, that I'm wondering as, as we get set for the weekend, this last weekend before tra- before the regu- before the preseason begins, and, and thinking about where the Magic really are at, at and, and, and what they have to accomplish. Uh, my number one question that I have entering training camp, and I think they are entering the preseason now, and this is really a question that I think is very telling for the whole future of the Orlando Magic right now, or at least what this season can be. Whether this season can be maybe a playoff season or whether it's going to be another developing and rebuild season. And that's to ask, where exactly is Jonathan Isaac and Muhammad Bamba on their development curve? Last year, we saw Jonathan Isaac really dip his toe in the water. Um, then he turned his ankle and 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 they had to keep him out of the water for, uh, unless he had flo- floaties on. Um, but we really don't have a sense of where Jonathan Isaac is at. Last year, he looked like a, a ready-made defensive player. He looked like a guy who already has not just all defensive player written all over him, but has a, a truly great defensive player um, written all over him and, and was making a huge defensive impact for this team. Offensively, it just kind of seemed like they let him float out there. It didn't really put a lot of expectations or role on him. He kind of just had to get his legs under him, and that was something he struggled to do. Um, they knew he had to put on muscle. They knew he had to continue putting on weight, and that's still going to be an ongoing process for Isaac, even though he says he's gained 15 pounds of muscle. So the question that that I specifically have is, okay, we know what you can do defensively, and, and we assume that will continue to get better and become more refined, where is the rest of your game? What are you going to be able to contribute this season? Because inevitably, Isaac's going to continue to grow. He's going to get better. The kid's 20 years old. But as he continues to grow, a lot of that growth is going to come in the offseason or as he gets more playing time. And so the most immediate question now is what can he do this year? What is the baseline that he's starting from for his growth? This is... The huge question for Isaac, in my opinion. And this is a huge question for the Magic. I'm I'm all in on Isaac. I think that he is going to be an all-defensive team player one day. Um, and, and I think that that really is just a matter of what is he going to give you on the offensive end. You know, I think the best player comparison that I've seen to him so far is Andre Kirilenko. Kirilenko was a, do- a, 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 a all-star, multi-time all-star, but dominant defensively, filled up a stat sheet, just did everything. And that's the kind of player I see Isaac becoming. And so I wonder just how close Isaac is to, to filling that role or, or even whether that's even if that's the role he should fill. He's still such a blank slate. You, you just don't know. You don't have a sense of which direction his career might flow. And so, you know, if Isaac looks like he's a future all-star this year, I'm not saying he's an all-star, but a future all-star, like he's on that path, the Magic all of a sudden become a much better team. And Like I said, I'm all in on Isaac. You know, depending on how he looks, I'd start him day one. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts day one. In fact, 
Uh, I, I, you probably heard yesterday when I when I spoke to Terrence Ross. It was confirmed again from Jerry and Grant. Uh, you know, Evan Fournier said Jonathan Isaac is our X factor this year. It seems like Isaac's having a very impressive training camp. A lot of that's probably on the defensive end, though. Again, which is fine. If he's the defensive ace, if he's the best defensive player on this team next year, that is fantastic. I, I think there's levels to success for Isaac, and and certainly, you know, even if he isn't as far along offensively as we all want him to be. He can be successful if, again, he continues to carve out his role and get more experience. And so, again, it's unfair to put it all on this kid, um, especially second-year player with only 27 games under his belt, but it feels like where Isaac's at sets where we can set our expectation level for this season. So I'm very intrigued to see what he looks like on the floor. Just like I'm intrigued to see where Muhammad Bamba is on the floor. Now, unlike Isaac, I don't expect Bamba to to make such an instant impact. Like I think you can I think you'll stick Isaac in the lineup and you'll be able to tell he's in the lineup and he'll do good things more often than bad things. Muhammad Bamba though, I think is a little bit more of a project. But when you have a project, you don't know where they're starting from. And Summer League for instance, you know, his shot blocking, you know, shooting was impressive. But it was hardly consistent. And of course, he didn't play very much, less than 20 minutes per game in a 40-minute game. You know, he's someone that still needs to build up his physicality and, and his and his stamina to make it in the NBA. So while I know there's a lot of Magic fans and, and there's people on Real Atlanta Magic Daily staff who want to see Bamba play immediately, want to throw him into the fire, start him immediately, he's the future, why fight it? The fact of the matter is he's probably not ready. And so, with him as well, the question is, how ready is he? How ready is he to make an impact defensively? How ready is he as a rebounder, someone fighting on the glass? How ready is he as a jump shooter, as a post player, as an offensive player? How ready is he for this 82-game odyssey the Magic are about to undertake? That's a question I don't think anyone knows. I've kind of been very willing to slow play with Bamba, to say, you know, just throw him out there, Put him in positions where he can succeed against bench players. Let him block a few shots, let him get confident. And then maybe toward the end of the season, if the team's out of the playoff race, um, you know, you start him then, but you slowly grow his role into that moment. Um, You know, I I think I was talking uh, with Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinsir. I posted on Media Day, and we were talking about Bamba, and we were like, you know, let's let's say Nikola Vucevic gets hurt. You st- I think you start Ken Birch over Bamba. I think I think you need to have a p- development plan with Bamba, get him to meet development benchmarks before you expand his role and give him new things. Um, kind of like with the Magic's installation of their offense and defense right now. Work on a specific thing, hit the target, um, master it, and then move on. Or apply it and then move on. And I think that's really the approach the Magic should take with Muhammad Bamba. The next big question that I have for the Orlando Magic is, um, is Aaron Gordon ready to take the next leap? Um, it, it was a huge talking point on, on, on Media Day. We'll probably have a little bit more about it next week as, as we talk more about this team. And again, get to see Aaron Gordon out on the floor. But um, Aaron Gordon had a breakout season last year. He was fantastic all of last se- for most of last season. And, and again, 17 points per game, career high in rebounds, three-point percentage over 30% for the first time. All fantastic steps. But there was definitely something to be desired. 
Um, you know, he he was inefficient with his shot selection. He was uh, his three point shooting took a nosedive after he came back from his from his injury. Um, it, it was a great season for Aaron Gordon. Don't get me wrong, an important season, a, a good development season, but not where the Magic need Aaron Gordon eventually. Gordon says all the right things. He knows exactly what he needs to say, and, and I think he conceptually understands what he wants, what he needs to do. But the issue is always applying it, getting it out on the court. You know, in the heat of the battle, what decisions are you going to make? And and, and Gordon, you know, I, I'm willing to give Gordon the benefit of the doubt and say, like a lot of young starring players, they have to figure it out. They have to make the mistakes that Gordon made last year with his shot selection, with his passing, with 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 trying to take over games and learning when and how to pick his spots. It's a very big responsibility. And so the question with Aaron Gordon is really is there another leap to his game? Is he someone that can average 20 points per game on an efficient field goal percentage? Be a little bit of a better passer. Be both a defensive ace which he is and can be but took a step back from last year, I think most of us would agree, and a leading scorer. Can he be Orlando's central pivot? And this is obviously a big, big question for the Magic and their their future success, as well as how they decide to develop and build this team. Um, Gordon, again, took some very important steps last year. We shouldn't discount those. We shouldn't dismiss it. But he's also got to be willing to recognize that last year was just a step in the process, an important step, an important development step, but a step to the player, the superstar that that he wants to become, that he can become. And and I'm interested to see if Aaron Gordon has taken another leap in his game. I don't think, you know, if he has a season similar to last season, this season, you know, 17 points per game, shooting 33% from beyond the arc, not a lot of assists. I don't think that's a successful season for Aaron Gordon. I think Aaron has to take his game to the next level to have a successful season, to continue the upward path that, that his career seems to be taken, um, specifically on offense. Defense, I think that, that that will come, but offensively, he's got to take more control and reins over this team, but do so in an efficient manner, and that that's always going to be the toughest, toughest task for a young player to learn, and I think that's the big task for Aaron Gordon next year. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The next question that that I have for the Orlando Magic or the next issue I'm really focusing on is that return from injury. I I spoke about it yesterday uh, when I I talked about Terrence Terrence Ross and and, and how he's anxious to get back out on the court and show what he can do because he missed so much time last year. But Orlando's really relying heavily on a lot of players who... um, have been out for a long time, didn't finish the season, um, have have a little bit of a history of injuries, we have to we have to admit. Um, Evan Fournier's had issues with injuries. Nikola Vucevic has had long absences, um, different injuries. I mean, broke his hand last year, not much he can do about that. Aaron Gordon has had a long string of injuries, especially to his leg, um, that, that keep popping up and, and, and eventually, um, you know, 
you got to have your best players on the court. And, and essentially last year, the Magic didn't have their best players on the court. Um, the stats prove that out. They had the statistical profile of a 28-win team. They only won 25 games, so they were below their statistical averages. You imagine if they had their best players on the floor more often, they would have uh, projected to be a much better team. And, and I think that's where a lot of the optimism around this Magic team comes from is, hey, we're healthy. We can compete with anybody. And, and I think that's a, a relatively fair statement to make. But there's still a little bit of confidence that's always lost or always um, you know, always has to be regained whenever a player's coming back from a major injury. Um, whether we like it or not, I mean, we probably like it, but Terrence Ross and Jonathan Simmons are important parts of this rotation. They're, they're both going to compete probably for that starting small forward spot for this Magic team. And so my big question is, are they ready for that role? Um, Ross hasn't played major minutes since November of last year. Um, you know, he's anxious. You know, I have every faith he's a veteran. He knows how to get himself ready, but this is a guy who hasn't played less than 73 games in a career in his career until last season. He's never really faced a major injury, and, and this was a major injury. This is a, a fracture to his leg. And getting back out on the court last year, even for those two games, was good for confidence building to show, hey, I can get back into the league. I can, I can still play at this level. Um, you know, he kind of was freely shooting shots, but it's important that he plays the way he knows how to play and provides the Magic with something, and we'll see exactly whether he can carry it through and make a big impact once the regular season begins. Jonathan Simmons, I'm personally really worried about Jonathan Simmons, and I'm worried about it because he is, you know, I'm trying, he, he is such a key player for this team. And he admitted last year that he faced some fatigue as he played more minutes than he'd ever played before in his career. And he missed almost the entire summer with a with a wrist injury after wrist, uh, having wrist surgery. Just got out of a cast a few weeks ago. He still got to get his basketball legs under him. He didn't get the chance to work on his three-point shot and improve his three-point shot. Um, you know, he he's hope, hope, been able to get keep himself in shape and cardio, but that's not basketball shape either. And so how the Magic, what contributions the Magic can get from these two wing players returning from major injury, I think is a humongous question for the team. It is a humongous issue for this team um, to, to resolve this season uh, or, or to answer very quickly here in training camp so that they know how to play in for the rest of their season. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting issue the Magic face all year. The next question I have is how do the Magic sort out their center position? They've got four NBA quality centers that that, that they're going to have to try and find minutes for and try and play. Now, Nikola Vucevic, for all the hate that he gets and all the criticism that he gets, is still probably the best player on 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 the Magic in, in a lot of ways. Um, it, it, certainly one of its most productive players. Uh, and, and certainly still the best center on the team. Um, you know, for all his shortcomings and all his flaws, um, he is a dangerous offensive weapon. He is a good passer. He does a lot of got a lot of things really, really well um, that this Magic team needs. But yeah, eventually it feels like he's going to give way to Mo Bamba. Um, Bamba's not ready, but he's going to get minutes. Steve Clifford already said he's going to get minutes. Um, the Magic know it's important to play him. Uh, and so he's going to get his minutes likely coming off the bench a little bit. Between Vucevic and Bamba then... Where's the time for Ken Birch? Um, a guy that a lot of Magic fans really like. Uh, probably the team's best pick-and-roll defender as a big. Um, a good shot blocker. 
and a guy who you know is slowly developing uh, an outside shot to, to hopefully complement some of his inside game. Um, Birch is what he is. I, I don't think he's a starter caliber player. I, I, I think he's a solid bench player, good defender, good energy guy. Um, you know, maybe he you know spot start here and there, but. Birch also has to find consistency, and, and, and that's, I think, why he finds himself in, this, in the position that he's in now. But regardless, Birch should be playing. Birch is a rotation player. Birch is a guy that should be in this Magic team's rotation. But that center spot is so crowded, has so many talented people in it, Birch is going to be the odd man out, it looks like. It's going to be tough to find him minutes unless you play him out of position at the four again. And I don't think that's ideal for this Magic team. And that, I think, is one of the big issues facing this team is, you know, how do you sort these minutes out and how do you clear up this logjam? And that doesn't even get into Timofey Mozgov, who I think we all kind of know is definitely that emergency center, but he can provide you some good minutes on occasion as well. I don't think we should totally write him off, although I think that he is indeed the odd man out. My final question entering training camp is about the point guard position. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this on Monday, I believe. Um, I'm writing about it for OrlandoMagicDaily.com right now. Um, but yes, the Magic seemingly have one of the worst point guard situations in the league. Uh, a lot of pundits and fans certainly are not pleased with where the Magic are at on um, point guard front. Uh, but D.G. Augustin has proven himself to be a solid point guard contributor. He can produce. He can manage a team. I think that's really all the Magic want. Um, you know, everyone, uh, Jeff Weltman has said this. Steve Clifford has said this. Everyone has confidence in DJ Augustin. Um, you know, Evan Fournier said hey, people talk about DJ Augustin like he's chopped liver. He's not. He's he is a good player. Uh, he produced for the Magic last year. While he may not be the point guard of the future, quote unquote, or the star player, he is a solid player who will do good things for the Magic and limit his mistakes. And I think that's what the Magic are looking for at this point. And and so while it is maybe a little frustrating not to have a better point guard in place. DJ Augustin is perfectly acceptable and fine for the time being. Jerry and Grant and Isaiah Briscoe, though, are both players who have a lot to prove, and, and, and um, it's not really certain what they can provide. Uh, I've been seeing a little bit of a groundswell among the fan base to say, this Isaiah Briscoe kid is really good. I think he's going to play. And, and I'll admit, um, watching him play a little bit more and thinking about the skills that he has, it wouldn't surprise me if he wins the backup role and forces Jerry and Grant to kind of be a sliding one or two. At the same time, we don't know. You know, Monday is going to be a big day for Isaiah Briscoe. Show what he can do on an NBA court against NBA competition. This ain't Summer League, um, where, you know, he was solid defensively, able to get into the paint and, and, and score a little bit, but um, he's got to do a little bit more. He's got to prove that he can manage a team. And the same goes for Jerry and Grant, who's had a relatively disappointing three years in the NBA. He's got to prove that he can play the point guard position at the NBA level, that he can do all the things necessary from that position. And if he can do that, you know, he's got a spot on the team and, and again, fits the profile for the Magic a little bit better than Augustine, so maybe he can challenge that starting spot. You know, I'll I'll say this. I, I think Augustin is fine for what this team is this year. I mean, the Magic aren't pushing their chips into the table to make the playoffs. Um, if the reason they don't make the playoffs is because of DJ Augustin, um, that would be a surprise to me because I think there there are like four or five reasons the Magic may not may, may not compete for the playoffs ahead of the point guard position. Um, they didn't need to find a final answer 
this season. They didn't need to find a temporary answer this season. They just needed a guy who could hold the boat steady, and I really do think that's DJ Augustin, and that's why I think that ultimately the team is fine with how the summer played out and, and the point guard position that they're bringing in to the fold. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So those are my big questions. Uh, how Now that we're heading into the preseason and training camp is coming to an end, we'll definitely keep an eye on all these storylines. As the preseason progresses, as we get ready for the regular season opener on October 17th against the Miami Heat. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked on NBA Podcast Network as well as on the Locked on NFL Podcast Network. Another week of NFL football is coming up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears. Jacksonville Jaguars are facing a team that's escaping me. Um, the Miami Dolphins taking on the New England Patriots. The Jaguars are taking on the New York Jets, if I'm not mistaken. See, it came to me. Big weekend of pro football around the state of Florida. All three teams playing ext- playing extremely well despite losses from the Jaguars and Bucks on Sunday. Um, but if you want to catch up, you check out Locked on NFL, Locked on Jaguars, Locked on Buccaneers, Locked on Dolphins. You need help with your fantasy team, you check out Locked on Fantasy Football. Experts are Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. The Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day. Local experts talking about the teams that they love and cover. Um, again, with the same excruciating detail we do here at Locked On Magic. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a look at that point guard situation and some roster moves the Magic made on Thursday night. Check out orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's where you can send your mailbag questions to me so I can answer your questions just before the season begins. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode on Monday. We'll have a, we'll have a preview of the Magic's first preseason game. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 